and Carl's excellent podcast show. It's time to start relaxing. I hope we get this right. It's time to listen to our extra show tonight. It's time for my new stories and my wild style It's time to laugh out loud, together or alone. I'll be a record breaker. I'll review all of my songs. Can I get original or cover? Other interesting segments. Now let's get this started. I think my doctor's farted. It's time to get this started on the most sensational, inspirational, celebrational, innovational. This is our excellent podcast show.
A woman who made headlines earlier this year by marrying herself is now heading for divorce after confessing she's met someone else. Chris Galleria grew tired of relying on men, so decided to marry herself in a formal ceremony which was held in September of this year. Fortunately for Chris, who hails from Sao Paulo in Brazil, says she has met someone special and has even started to fall in love, despite vowing to go solo. The 33-year-old is now heading for divorce. On her wedding day, Chris could be seen showing off her tattoos in a stunning plunging white dress, posing outside a Catholic church in her native Brazil, reflecting, sorry, reflecting on her impressive outfit at the time Chris said I wanted to highlight my best features my breasts I wore a killer neckline however while Chris felt fantastic on her big day she was sad to receive hate comments from trolls I decided that I would no longer read the hate comments she commented people's opinion will not change what I think or add anything to it hmm. sounds like a lot of um attention-seeking, ponting about in a, in a wedding dress. That's the thing, when she says about people's opinion won't change, no matter what I think, you know, it's like, well, actually, well, why are you posting, why are you checking? Yeah. Um, not to worry. So, yeah, that, that's a new story from America. No, Brazil, sorry. Brazil. Mm -hmm. It's just strange that like, you can legally marry yourself. It just doesn't seem right. I was going to suggest that we have a go of Wild Stylophone straight away, but... You have since other plans? I do, yes, yes. Uh, all, will be re re all will be revealed a little later on. Keeping, keeping us in suspense. <laughs> Going to build that suspense, absolutely. Oh. Well, I guess it's um, moving swiftly on then. We'll rattle through this agenda so you can get back to your Christmas partying. Uh, Merry Christmas, by the way. I have a slight cold. Uh, sorry, we've been away for a while. We're all fine. Everyone's fine. And we are continuing with our regular... We're, we're back for a, a stocking filler special. <laughs> well, there you go. That's ever a name if you wanted one. No, so watching and listening. I've, I've been watching a hell of a lot of stuff, actually. To, um, go for it. In terms of movies, and this one, this is one of the ones where... I thought, oh, this looks, this, it, the, the, the summary sounded interesting. So I ended up watching it. It was from 1985, a film directed by John Landis. He also stars in it as one of the, the henchmen. And it's called Into the Night with Jeff Goldblum and Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, right. I've, I've not seen that. Oh, you, oh it's really, it's, it's for a film, it's, it's, it's funny because obviously at it's, it's some point there's this thing to do with ransom money or paying someone off. And they're saying, how much are you going to give? And it's like... Twelve and a half thousand. Oh, <laughs> okay. You know, you know people with that amount of money in their bank <laughs> accounts. You know. No, it, it's it's a really interesting film because it was um, Jeff Goldblum's character. He's like a rocket scientist, or or, or along those descriptors, and he suffers from insomnia. So he goes to work and he falls asleep in a meeting and he gets it all wrong. So he goes home early. Then he hears his wife having sex with her boss in their house. So that night he's, he can't sleep, so he thinks, well, I'm going to go to the airport, like his mate suggested, and fly to Las Vegas, because he said it's the city that never sleeps. So he says, you go there, place a few bets, you know, if you let, get lucky, fine, if not, then you come back. He said, at least then it's not a wasted day. Anyway, and then as he gets to the airport, Michelle Pfeiffer comes out with her boyfriend. He gets stabbed by these Iranians, and then she runs off and then lands on his car, and then she gets in the car, and then it's like, bang. 
from then onwards, it's, it's kind of a, uh, you know, she's going to all these different places to try and catch it, catch up with things and interwoven with like other people. David Bowie makes a guest appearance. But, oh, wow. Yeah, I don't know where you can watch it, but uh, it was called Into the Night. But yeah, John Landis, who is, was it Thriller? Did he do Blues Brothers? Blues Brothers, yeah, and Three Amigos that we reviewed a, a few shows back. Nice. Well, you, have you been watching any films, or are you uh, strictly a Christmas film man? Uh... We've we've had a, a few sort of Christmassy movies on in, in the background. Uh, the usual suspects of, of things like uh, Elf and, and Home Alone. Um, I've never seen to, Elf. Is it good? Have you not? I really enjoy it. It's it's got some real funny moments in it. Um, we haven't sat down to watch it all the way through this year. We've kind of put it on in in bits and bobs, or it's been on kind of in, in the background just to offer a little bit of festive spirit, but not really sat down to, to watch it a great deal recently. Apart from, it's not, it's not, a, it's not a movie, a TV show, which was Doctor Who. Uh, recently had a, a run of six episodes, which was an overarching story called The Flux. And I must admit, it, it's, it, it was really, really good. I'd kind of fallen out with, it, with, with Doctor Who a little bit during the, the Pierre Capaldi era and, and hadn't been too keen at, at the start of Jodie Whittaker either. But this really had a, a, a vibe of, of some of the classic Doctor Who from the 70s and, and the 80s, just in terms of the types of, of villains and monsters it had in there and, and the way that the, the, the episodes carried on from one, one to another, which, which was the, the old format of, of the show, whereas when it returned, it was very episodic, one, one episode one story per, per episode. So it, it really kind of drew on a lot of those old motifs of, of, of what Doctor Who was. And yeah, it, it was really, really good, really enjoyed it. And uh, we're, we're, we're coming up to the end of Jodie Whittaker's reign as, as, as the Doctor. She's got a, a New Year Day special. I think there's another two specials for the course of, of 2022. And then we're going into a, a, a new era, which will have obviously a new, a new Doctor. And the return Who's the of new Russell. doctor going to be then? We don't know. I don't know. And, and, and I, I, don't, I don't want it to be announced until we get that episode and we get that regeneration. Because it, it's all part of the, 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 the fun of finding out who the next doctor is going to be. I was just going to say we've got the return of Russell T. Davis, who regenerated Doctor Who into its modern format. So it's going to be very interesting to have him coming back to, to run the show. Uh, you say interesting for some now I watched uh, in, t- in terms of TV shows did you ever watch Early Doors it was set in a pub and it had uh, it was written by Craig Cash no never seen the that family. I watched that that was really good and then I finished watching Game of Thrones finally oh, uh, no. and it's it is such where, where we watched it quite quickly you could really tell with season 7 and 8 like the deterioration in the quality of the writing of the of the series it was, especially season eight there were some really long-winded speeches that they just didn't need it's almost kind of like to stretch out these episodes it was, it was terrible have you have you do you read the books because he apparently he hasn't even finished them the, the books no yet. no uh, I, th- I think that was part of the problem with or certainly some of the criticisms of those last couple of seasons is, is where they've gone beyond the source material of the books. And I know he's, 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 he's quite well known for being a very slow writer. I think he's been focusing too much on 
on, on the show because I know he's involved with that quite a bit. Which which is that an excuse for, for that last season to be lesser quality than the others? I've not seen it, but I've, I've spoken to, to other people about it, and I know they've been very disappointed with with that last season and certainly the ending. Well, there's the beauty now, doesn't he, of changing it to a better ending, yeah. and everyone goes, "Oh wow, Mr. Martin, you're fantastic." Yeah. But did you have you seen any of um, Get Back, The Beatles? I've been getting. I'm thinking no. halfway through, or I've right. got 40, forty odd minutes left of part two, because uh, I just have not so had are, the are, are each, I was going to say that there is it three parts or four parts to, to it's that. It's three parts, and I think three parts. They, they, you get it in chunks of like the first first chunks when they're in Twickenham, and then they move into like the basement of Apple offices. And then you've got, I think the part three is where they have the rooftop concert. So there's all these different right. aspects to it, and uh, I've not, I've not seen it. I, I purposely went and, and got a year subscription for Disney, for that. And no. uh, I've seen a few other things. I think you know, that link, didn't I, to the Star Wars biomes, of the planet. Yes. And that is mm -hmm. really lovely when you see all the stuff happening. It's like. I just see like a bird's eye view of all that stuff's just about to happen <laughs> and see the attack walkers going along and mm. it's like, ooh. I did see a little bit of that and, and it's, it's, yeah, it's a nice kind of background sort of uh, mood setting, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah I'd like to, I think I'd like to uh, watch, it, watch it on a big TV. That would be uh, <laughs> fantastic. I'm going to sneeze. No, I'm not. Oh, isn't that a pain in the ass when you do that? And have you seen on <laughs> iPlayer? Toast of London, because I think it's Toast of Tinseltown is early January. It's going to be on BBC oh, is, Two. Is that just on? Is it just on iPlayer? Oh, BBC iPlayer. Yeah. Yeah, because it used to be on all four. It's now been shifted because right. Toast isn't on four anymore, and they've taken all of the episodes with them, and they are. Oh really? Yeah, they're now on BBC iPlayer. So I was watching watching some of those actually. They're very very funny, as you know. It's, it's, a, it's very much a Channel Four type show. It's, it, I suppose, it's the opposite way. Or BBC to Two as well, because yeah, Vic Grease went from Channel Four to, to BBC Two. Did it? Isn't it? Yeah, there's the Smell of Reason Mortimer on BBC Two, and before that, I think it was the Vic Grease Big Night Out. Right. There you go. So, can you recommend mm -hmm. anything on the Disney subscriptions other than Die Hard, which I've watched? <laughs> I've not really watched a great deal on there. Um, a couple of the Marvel TV shows, as they came out, I must admit I've not. Do I need to watch them in any particular kind? order? It's like Iron Man, yeah, or there is something where you can filter it, can't you, to when they were all made? There's there is a chronology to the whole Marvel universe. You can actually watch them either. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a big beast. You can either watch them as as they were released, or you can watch them in a chronological story order so you kind of then get a feel of certain events will then play off down the road um yeah maybe so there's, two, there's, there's two there's two different two different ways of watching it and I, I believe disney plus does offer both of those options so i would probably recommend the story chronological order yeah, what have you been listening to then nothing in terms of music I'm, i must admit every time i've kind of tried to listen to something music based something's just kind of got in the way or someone has kind of come down put the tv on or, or my son is is listening to a lot of music at the moment so any music that, that goes on tends to be his playlist which is a lot of 80s rock 
metal music, hair, hair metal, that sort of thing. So Def Leppard, Motley Crue, um, a little bit of Guns N' Roses. He's quite into Pearl Jam, Pearl Jam's 10, which, which is great. Um, nice. I, quite like, I quite like listening to, to him having that on. So I've not really gone out of my way to, to actually listen to any music. The only thing I have listened to, and this, this was today, I've only just found out about this, and this was on the BBC Sounds app, uh, something that was was released just just this this weekend gone, and it's Titanic uh, by Douglas Adams. It's, it's 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 an audio drama of what's been described as the best novel by Douglas Adams that wasn't written by Douglas Adams. It was actually written by Terry Jones. So Titanic was a, a computer game, and the, the whole thing and the story was devised oh, by so, Douglas yeah. Adams. And then uh, he was supposed to write the book for it got so caught up in the development of the game that he didn't have time so he passed it on to Terry Jones of, of Monty Python and this is a uh, like a radio dramatization of it so it's very much in, in the in the vein of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy listening to it it's actually set in that Hitchhiker's universe as well that there's there's little references to things like the um uh, the actual Hitchhikers it's not mentioned by name but there's, there's references in there that that hint to it and well, what's events. this on? Where can it's, you get it's this? On, it's on BBC Sounds. It's it's only on there for a month, and right. apparently there, there's no plans at this moment of either repeating the broadcast or releasing it on CD. I'm sure they will do, probably with with a few extras or extended bits in there. Oh, you're just, um, you're just assuming so. They might not. So uh, I, I definitely recommend checking it They'll out. Get, so yeah, we'll just get bootlegged, won't it? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's only an hour, um, it, it's quite quite tight, but it's, it's got that real Douglas Adams humour in there with, with the types of characters, the names of, of certain things that kind of play on words, and just that that kind of a little bit of a, a silly sort of zany type of, of, of humour or satirical humour that he, he always put into his writing and certainly Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. So yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a nice, nice sort of um, bit of fun there. Um, probably worth a, a, a listen, or, or, or at least you know a, a re-listen several times as well. It's one of oh, those no, things. I, that, I might check that out then. Yeah, it sounds, yeah. Uh, sounds good, especially Terry Jones. The uh, yes, yeah. One, one, to, one to check out. Well, though, did you? So you said you watched some uh, Christmas movies. Have you seen Santa Claus the movie? I watched that the other day. Is this so, the one back from the eighties? There's Dudley Moore is in this. It is from the 80s. Yes, yes, it is, yes. Uh, I've not seen it since. I think the kids were were, were little, so we're probably sort of talking yeah, 10 I years plus. Yeah, I fell asleep. And then I kind of like yeah. woke, woke up like near the end of it, and I was like, oh, what? What was that all about? Because that was but, like tea. Had you, had you never seen it before? Yeah, I'd seen it before. When I was younger, I think I remember, yeah. I remember seeing it on TV. And that was really, you know, fantastic. Lovely movie. Mm-hmm. No, I watched that and I watched National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation and for the first time I really didn't like it. For normally oh, no. I found How it come? really enjoyable. I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, very peculiar. What is the joke? Where is it? I said, How does a penguin build a Lego house? I don't know. How does a penguin build a Lego house? It glues it together. Okay. Now it's time for uh, original or cover. This is a song by the group Deco, and it is Bittersweet Symphony. So 
Take it away. First question, as always, that's as I say in the song. Bittersweet Symphony by Deco. Did you like it? No. No? You didn't no, like it? I'm, no. Well, I'm, I'm very familiar with the, with the verve doing this, this song, which, which, is an, which is an anthem. It's up there with things like Wonder War by Oasis and Park Life by Blur. It, it's, it's of that, that era. And listening to this, it was just... It was awful. It was kind of, I don't know, like, a, like an 80s or maybe even an early 90s pop version, as obviously we've, we've just, just heard. But it, 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 was, it was just like a really bad version of this song. Whether it's the original or cover, we'll get to in a moment. But no, it's just, it was just awful. Awful. 
Because I thought you might have liked it from the synth rock, synth poppy type kind of. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's, I from, it's from that, that era, you know. It's from the 80s. So. It's. Oh, is, is that a clue? Is it? Is it from the 80s, though? Am I just twisting, pulling your. your, your uh, oh, I don't know. Well, your, it sounds like it should be, so therefore the verve is, is the cover, but I never remember anybody mentioning that, that the verve's. Well, they had a lot of legal. Remember that there's that legality problems about the royalties. They didn't get any royalties for the song for a long time, did they? Did they not? Remember, there's that whole big hoo ha. Mm. I honestly don't know. I just it's just like I say it's, it's an anthem. It, it comes on the radio. You what? I said you know nothing, John Snow. No, I don't. <laughs> I just just associate it with with the verve. I'll put me out of my misery then. Do you think it's an original or cover? I think, um, because, because I associate it with the verve, I, I think you've, you've tried to be quite clever here in that it is an 80s kind of version and kind of going to try and throw me off and make me go, oh, it, it is actually an original. But I'm going to say that the verve, the verve did it. And, and if they didn't, the verve is the only version you ever need to listen to. So you're saying that the it's song by Deco is a cover. You're correct. Oh, yes, yes. The score is now 13-14. Ooh, creeping back a little. Rampaging monkeys kill 250 dogs in India in revenge massacre. Uh, as a little health warning, not for the squeamish, so maybe forward a couple of minutes if you don't like that kind of thing. In a small Indian village, a pack of murderous monkeys have started a war with the local canines. Around 250 dogs have been dragged to the tops of buildings and trees and dropped by a crew of raging primates that are apparently furious with the pups after they killed one of their babies. Locals in the Maharashtra's Bead district, about 300 miles east of Mumbai, said the monkeys have been on a quest for revenge, and in the nearby Lavul village, not a single dog has survived the purge. Villagers said the killing started about a month ago when a few dogs killed an infant monkey, and since then, the moment a dog is spotted, simians are apparently snatching up the pups and dragging them somewhere high to drop them to their deaths. In one image of the animal wall, a tiny dog can be seen in the clutches of a primate near the edge of a building. In Laval, which is a, which is a population of about 5,000, the villagers called the forest department for help dealing with the primates, but when the officials came, they were, able to they were unable to catch a single monkey. The villagers decided to take action themselves and tried to wrangle up the beasts, but the simians then turned their sights on the local men some of whom have been injured after falling from buildings was trying to save the dogs, the outlets saying. So nearly all the pups in the bee district have been killed, but the monkeys still haven't stopped and are now targeting small children en route to school. Wow. Wow, that's proper Planet of the Apes stuff, that, isn't it? It's, it's happening, Carl. It it's is, happening. yes. And this, yeah. this booster jab is just... Making sure that we, uh, that our DNA is getting ready to turn us back into monkeys. That's what's well, where's Dustin uh, Hoffman? <laughs> I've got a confession to make here. When I was when I was very young, 
Oh, no, it's natural news. carbon. I don't want to hear about it, all right? What? Everyone no, no, does no. It. What? What's that? What do you want to talk about? Huh? What do you want to talk about? I was going to say guerrilla warfare. Oh, when right. I was really young, Go on, then. When I was really young, and I heard guerrilla warfare mentioned on the news, so you not really know what it was about. <laughs> visions of, of, of gorillas going and, and, and kind of just, you know, proper Planet of the Apes stuff. But with machine and guns and fighting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's a little, little confession there. Oh, you've made my Christmas. <laughs> Too young to understand. Yes, yes, indeed. Too young to understand. I'll tell you what made me feel slightly old was in terms of our next segment, um, Die Hard, 19, was it 1988? It was. I was 10. Were well, like, you really? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh my goodness me. And, yeah, I mean, I watched the movie, so we're going to give it a little a little jiggle. Yeah. Tell you, tell okay. you a few bits. And then we're going to... Uh, I'll be interested to know whether you think it's a Christmas movie or not. We can have a little bit of a... Uh, yeah, I'll be interested to see if you think it is. Because so, yes. Everyone always goes on about it. But anyway, I've got a few notes here, made a few mm -hmm. kind of case statement points. But, no, excuse me, Die Hard, as I said, released in, uh, on the 15th of July, 1988. Yeah, a summer, summer movie. A summer movie. So it had a budget uh, of between 25 and 35 million pounds. Which, how much do you think is in today's money? Oh, no idea. No idea. It's between 70 and 98 million, right? Okay. So the box office, it took up between 139 and 141 million, which is the equivalent of 391 to 397 million in today's money. Yeah, Bruce Willis was paid $5 million. Mm -hmm. So when you spin that into the equivalent of English, uh, English sterling, it was 10.6 million. And I think at the time wow. they said the reason why they wanted it, wanted him to be in that role, is that they needed to, to get that draw. Do you want to hear the plot? Yeah, I think, I think for, for those that may not have, have seen it yet, okay, give them, a, give them a taster. So it's Christmas Eve, and New York detective John McClane arrives in Los Angeles hoping to re reconcile with his estranged wife. He arrives at the party at the Nakatomi building. The building is then seized by a German radical, Hans Gruber, and his heavily armed team. Everyone in the tower is taken hostage except for McLean, who slips away. So there you go. Nice. And then, because part of the part of what it is that they're they're doing is they're breaking into the safe, and in the safe, right? is $640 million in untraceable bearer bonds. So this is 1988. So how much do you think that was? So, <laughs> the, so the equivalent was back in 1988, they had 483 million pounds of untraceable bearer bonds in 1988. What is the equivalent of that today if they were to break in and they'd go, oh, wow, how much do you think? I've no idea, I've no idea. Oh, I'll build it, it up when you just say this. I just have a I guess. Just, you. It's, far too, it's far too late in the day to be trying to do maths. You're Scrooge. You just need to say a number, Scrooge. 42. There's a number. Throw that number at me. 
It was one one point three six trillion. Yeah. Really? You could have just wow. said a billion. You could have said any number. So anyway, <laughs> that was the that was my, my my plot. But interestingly, the the role of John McClane, um, they'd offered it to Sylvester Stallone, Richard Gere, mm-hmm. Clint Eastwood, Harrison Ford, Burt Reynolds, Nick Nolte, Mel Gibson, Don Johnson, Richard Dean Anderson. Who the hell is he? Paul Newman, Richard James Kern. He, yeah, he was MacGyver, I believe. And all, he was also in Stargate SG-1, the TV show. You know, you say, I believe. You know this. I believe. <laughs> Al Pacino and Arnold Schwarzenegger, because Arnold Schwarzenegger <coughs> turned it down because apparently he wanted more comedic mm-hmm. roles. And uh, I think Bruce Willis apparently turned it down because he was filming Moonlighting. But That's then right. his other lead became pregnant so that allowed him the 11 weeks to to then shoot the film and before I stop and take a big swig of water maybe open up a can of Coca-Cola then John McClane initially was called John Ford Mm -hmm. so yeah do you want to expand a little bit more on the movie tell anything before we delve into the infinite question yeah I mean it, it, it was a movie that really redefined action heroes and action movies because a lot of the names you've, you've mentioned there things like Stallone and Schwarzenegger were these really kind of macho big muscly action heroes and then, then along comes Bruce Willis as, as very much an, an every everyday man and that, that's portrayed really well in, in the movie where he's that's, that's portrayed he's really bu- well in, well he's vulnerable in, in, isn't he he's extremely yes, he's, vulnerable yes. Whereas all Absolutely. the others are just these big macho men, nothing affects them. Yeah, he, uh, fr- from the get-go, you know, he's 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 on the plane and, and he doesn't like heights, and it's instantly showing a, a vulnerability to him. He rides in the front of the limousine when he's picked up from the airport, as opposed to riding in, in the back. And there's just just very subtle things like that 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 really hint at this. This is just just a, a just a normal guy. He's he's there to to see his wife, and um, he just happens to get caught up in, in in a situation that he then has to has to deal with, and very different to what we'd had previously. And that that's kind of I think why the movie works so well is is that it's not you know Arnie kicking down doors and, and bursting through with 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 machine guns and and those one-liners. Yes, there's humour in it from from John McClane from from Bruce Willis, but it's 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 a, it's a little bit more. Um, I think so. They, they said. That- at the time, they should have used his comedic um, <coughs> skills more because I don't think it got very good reviews back in, excuse me, 1988. I think it got slated quite badly. It was only after it became popular in the box office that people started to revisit it a little bit and go, mm-hmm. oh, actually, yeah. And I think that in some respects, and we'll touch upon it later, I think that's why it's got quite a few accolades. Yes, absolutely, I think it's an action movie. I think there's a lot of other things where they, they're almost kind of throwing it all at the feet of, of this and saying, oh, it's so visionary and, and this, that and the other and stuff. They're almost kind of trying to backtrack on themselves by, by mm-hmm. awarding all these things. They're recognising this movie to, to be it. So it's almost like, yes, see, it's got a accolade against it. And it's like, well, piss off. You got it wrong the first time. You said it's a load of old tribe. So it's, I never follow reviews. I never have. No, no, absolutely So don't not. listen to this bit. Forward it. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose you, you can judge it retrospectively in terms of the influence it then had on on the movie business, and you get movies like 
Speed and Cliffhanger, Under Siege, Air Force One, and they're all very much of, of that format. And it's it's kind of like that, that lone everyday guy against against the baddies as opposed to this big macho, um, you know, Schwarzenegger or Stallone type type character. There's the, there's a Nicholas Cage. I was thinking there's a Nicholas Cage film similar to like an action type thing, and he doesn't strike you as the um, The Rock with no, Sean Connery. Not, no, not The Rock. It's where he's like a criminal. He's a crim, and then the, he just wants to get home. He's all, he's he's being like that. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Anyway, there's another, there's a new movie, I think, with Nicolas Cage in. I saw an advert for it on Instagram. Yeah, where he plays basically Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was I was going to say, just, just um, we, we've mentioned Bruce Willis as, as John McClane. I think Alan Rickman absolutely deserves a mention as, as Hans Gruber, who completely well, yeah, nails he got, it as, he got good as, as uh, reviews. Yeah, he got mm. good reviews in the original, yeah. Because I believe this was his first movie. He'd, he'd been a, a stage actor prior to this and this was his first step into uh, into the big screen. Oh, I didn't know that. Because uh, I thought he was, I mean, in terms of, of baddies, again, it, it seemed like he included that almost kind of psychotic kind of uh, element to, to, the, to the baddies almost. So... Um, yeah, they're very enjoyable because I think the the lady who plays Bruce Willis's wife was recommended by Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. I think he'd selected her, and there's a few others in terms of the. But no, I think yeah, I, I've read some of this. All of it's from like Wikipedia, but uh, I mean fundamentally, I I did enjoy it. I think it's a fantastic action movie. Yeah, which yeah, does absolutely. lead on to that question, and I think I don't know some some people have covered it before and I don't don't feel like we're sitting around and debating it for ages but you know is is this a Christmas movie do you, do you consider it a fil- Christmas film hello yeah I'm here sorry I was just trying to think how I was going to sorry do that without burping hold on a second oh, excuse me Oof. well you didn't do it you didn't manage to do it without burping <laughs> Is this a Christmas movie? Here's some arguments for, and then I'll let you know whether I think it is actually a Christmas movie right right at the end. So a Christmas movie, what we've got in, in here, we've got a Christmas tree, which is in, in the um, office building. There's a present, which is the bear that Bruce Willis brings along to give to his, his daughter. There are Christmas songs in it, although they're not actually played. They're sung and whistled by the characters in the movie, and I'm sure there's a little hint of some Christmas music in the in the score, which is which is great, by the way, by Michael Kamen. It's one of one of his uh, um, best scores, I think. Um, we've got a sense of, of romance and friendship, um, which is which is actually between John and the and the the, the LA cop Al Powell, um, more so than than uh, John and, and his wife. And there's also an, uh, overcoming an obstacle of getting to to uh, the family. As well, so these are all parts of, of, of generally a, a Christmas movie, and and it does actually snow, but not literally with snow. It snows with paper at, at the very end of the movie. So I'll, I'll take that as a tick that it does, that it does snow. And the other the other part of my argument is Home Alone. Would you consider Home Alone a Christmas movie? Me, 
yeah. well, this is it. I uh, I think it's another film, and I think I mentioned it in our review last year. I think it's set at Christmas, and it's and it's basically some burglars trying to get into a house. It just so happens mm-hmm. to be at Christmas time, and he's on his own. And you could have so, plonked it in any particular yeah. uh, time frame. But so most most people do consider Home Alone to be a Christmas movie, and there's 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 a lot of similarities between between the two. So the main character is, is on their own for most of the movie, separated from their family in a bid to try and get back to their family. Both have robbers. There's uh, extreme violence against the bad guys in, inflicted by the, uh, the main character of the story. Um, both movies involve the having to hide from the bad guys and also having to improvise and, and think on their feet in a way of, of fighting back against the, uh, the bad guys. There's a sense of, of re- redemption. So um, you've got McLean and, and his marriage um, and, and his family, and then also um, the, the cop, um, similar kind of redemption with, uh, in parallel to the old man to, um, in Home Alone. And uh, the other thing I've, I've just popped down on here is um, both the main characters' surnames uh, end with, with a, a McClure. So you've got McLean and, and McAllister. Right. Well, <clears throat> I think it just boils down to uh, very, very simply to the fact that when you think, of, you, you said about Home Alone, right? is that a Christmas movie or not? I think the film industry considers that to be a Christmas movie. That's why when they released it, they released it in, the, was it 10th of November mm-hmm. 1990? ready for people to go to the, the cinema in that run up to Christmas as well, yes? Yeah? So you go, and so that is the Christmas movies get released in November, right? As back in the day. When you look at when Die Hard was released, it was July. Now no one releases, no one in the film industry releases a Christmas movie in July, if they believe it to be. So, and going back to the, the thing I mentioned at the very beginning, where the where with the initial reviews, the, the, the film critics failed abysmally. They've almost kind of made up for it by having this kind of argument. The critics always will dwell over and give it this. Every year, there's always that thing will pop up on a Twitter feed or somewhere. Someone like two twats on a podcast now nah, talking about <laughs> it. It'll never go away because people will always say, "Oh, but because of this, because of that." But fundamentally, when you think about what is being funded then the film industry have funded an action movie, so that is what it would be logged under and that would be what they would be promoting it as from the marketing point of view, not a Christmas pitch, you know, nothing to do with that. So I think it just boils down to that simple fact that it's an action movie, it just so happens to be set at Christmas time. Because other films can just be set at Christmas time, it just so happens that it's that particular thing happening. Do you know what I mean? You can take the situation out of a you know the situation will be the same whether it's in winter time or in summer. Obviously, you don't freeze to death in summer. But <laughs> catch my dream. I, I, th- I think I'll, I'll I'm I'm going to just finish off by. Oh, you sound disgusting. But wipe out the curtains <laughs> before you leave. I'm I'm just I'm just going to close this this argument with uh, a quote from from Mr. Bruce Willis himself because he's obviously been asked this question. Do you think Die Hard is a Christmas movie? And, and his response, I think, is, is excellent to this. And his response is, no, it's a Bruce Willis movie.
Well, there you go then. That says it all. Once and for all, we have listened to the almighty blues remix. So is that it? Are we going to put this to bed now? Can we say that? I think we'll, we'll leave it there and then let our listeners decide. Well, anyway, I mean, regardless of whether it's a Christmas movie or not, it's a damn good movie. It's I a very good movie. Again. Very good, Get yes. it on Disney+. Plus. Uh, Die Hard 2's not so bad. It kind of gets a bit wobbly for me for around 3. Tried to watch 4. Oh, I, I don't, and I say, I've, I've never seen 4 or 5. 3 really? I really enjoyed. 2, two I, I definitely need to, to watch. I mean, this is the first time I've seen it since, oh, in what, probably 10, 15, maybe even 20 years. So um, it's been long overdue watching. But, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. Cracking movie. <clears throat> Some friends in my beams are trying to get 
that time so as mentioned earlier in the show we've got the the wild stylophone combined with record breakers so never has this been attempted before therefore it's never been achieved it will be a world first so so epic it's actually required us to to combine both elements of of the show in the record breakers and and the stylophone Um, fire and ice yeah so this is the challenge in 60 seconds i'm going to attempt to play as many christmas themed songs as i can for you to guess right so by the end of this we will both be record breakers nice are you ready are you ready right born ready born ready or are you just going to do it yes 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 if you can do the stopwatch. Oh, yes. I'll say, because it's tired, didn't I? I'll say, I just want you to kind of flow into it, you know, ease yourself into it. But so, I guess 60 uh, you, seconds. You, you, say, you say when, and I will start playing. And it's kind of like the, the first, first line of the song, so hopefully you can get it. If you don't, I'm just going to move on to the next one to, okay. to try and get as many in as we can. So it'll be the usual three, two, one, and on go is when I will press. Duh. So as soon as you recognise it, shout it out and I'll move on to the next. Oh, no, don't make me shout it out. I'm ill. <laughs> uh, all right, I'll try my best. Good luck. Here we go. We're, we're counting on you. All right, three, two, one, go. Next, next. Silent Night. No. No. Frosty the Snowman. Is it a sing I don't know how many names of these. Next. (laughs) 40 seconds. Oh, Oh, come on, you faithful. Yes. Boom. Start that one again. I don't know. I wanted. I wanted uh, David City. Whatever. No. Next one. Oh, stop. Stop. Oh. Stop. Stop. Yeah, I got one. We got one. One. Oh, one of my ears is blocked up from this bastard cold. So you know, I'm kind of glad that I've got the cold because obviously I mentioned COVID earlier. My son had COVID. I didn't get it, thankfully, neither did my wife. But it was interesting. That then he went back to school for a day, then got a cold. So I knew it was cold. It was great. So I've actually allowed myself. I didn't protect myself as much as I did, obviously, around him when I did with COVID. And uh, now I've got a cold, and I'm kind of glad because it's given my... Uh, well, I was glad, I should say. That it's given my immune system a bit of a booster, but now I'm absolutely feeling ropey. It's like... <laughs> 
God. But the first time I've been ill in two years is, is actually quite enjoyable. It's hit you quite hard. Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, I feel better now. The devil is out. Get out and walk. The devil's, <laughs> the devil's out of me now. So, what, so, that, so we are record breakers then. We've, uh, what was that record well, with again one. that we've just achieved with one? That you were playing yeah. some... Uh, Shall I run through what we had there? We, we had, uh, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Joy to the World, O Come All Ye Faithful, God rest, God rest Ye Gentle Merry Men, and Hark the Herald Angels Sing. I think that was as far as we got. Yeah, it was. But, oh, okay. Well, never mind. We'll have to attempt that again next year. Yeah, always next year. Always next year. I'm pretty sure we can break it next year. Do even better. Well, yeah, I think so. I'll, uh, hopefully I won't have a dreadful cold. Talking of so this time of year, obviously Christmas, Christmas, Advent calendars. I remember when I was, when I was yeah. really little, I remember you'd get the, the paper ones and you'd tear all those out and that'd all be That's about right. the nice picture behind mm -hmm. it all. Not the, and then I remember chocolates. And it was a yes. crap, crappy, horrible chocolate. Yes. And then they became like really cheap chocolate. Yeah, really milk, like waxy, plasticky. Mm. They don't sell it anymore, thank God. But that was good. And then obviously they, they went into the nice uh, chocolate uh, advent calendars. And then, oh, I don't know, what could possibly be one of the best kind of advent calendars you could get, Carl? Oh, I would, I would say it's, it's got to be it's got to be a Lego advent calendar, which um, I, I've got one for, for this year. Thank you very much. And uh, it's, it's great. It's, it's great just to uh, it, it's, it's one of the first things I do. I sit down with my, my coffee and my bowl of cereal and I tear open the little door and uh, have a look at, at what little Lego model I'll be building whilst I'm eating my breakfast and it's, it's been a lot of fun so we're, we're almost there. I've seen there. the X-Wing, the X-Wing yes. look immense because some of them are just, considering they're tiny, they, they really look good. Yes they um, are, they're, 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 they're very cleverly done, very cleverly done. And I think I've yeah. got four left to do, four left so oh, uh, almost, yeah. almost there with them and I, I will send you a picture once um, once it's all complete and I've, I've kept oh, yeah, the little bags, I've kept the little bags that that they uh, they came in, so I, I intend to kind of break them all back up, pop them back in the bags, and, and then I can do it all again next year. Oh, nice! It's a gift that keeps giving. Well, maybe I'll get you the next one because they do it every year. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, I know there's several different Lego ones, but no, it's it's just a, it's just a nice bit of fun, something to look forward to each day. Because mm, I took that, didn't I, along with your other birthday present, which on the back of our last uh, podcast was. A big bag of snacks. Yes. How are you yes. going with that? It's like 48 yeah, bags. Th Sorry. I think I th I'm, I'm definitely um, definitely making a, a good dent. No, not at all. Not at all. There's there's, there's still plenty to go. Um, yeah, they're they're great. I'm gonna say I, I, I'll never get tired of eating snaps. They are they are my favourite. So uh, yeah, very very much in, enjoying those. Take them to work as, as part of my, my, my packed lunch. It's interesting. Um, about the different types of advent calendars that you could get. And I wonder if we just wanted to run through some of these more yeah. kind of quirkier and more expensive, might I add. Goodness me, I yes. looked at that, I was like, Ooh. I know, some of these Certainly. are... are mm. What are you suggesting, yeah. that that wasn't good enough? No, 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 it's, it's more than, it's more than. Um, as long as you're not going to get me one of these that's, that's kind of nearer the end, so... Uh, 
Um, no, we've, we've got a top 10 of, of advent calendars. I know it's a little bit late for this year, but maybe to, to give you some inspiration for, for, for next Christmas. Number 10, festive mini mince pie advent calendar. 34 pounds and 99 pence from Selfridges. Mince pies are a quintessential British Christmas tradition and now you can celebrate with 24 mini pastries including not just the classic mince pie but also flavours like citrus, almond or chocolate. There's even a mini hand-baked ice Christmas cake for 25th of December. Nice. Number nine, we've got the Harrods coffee advent calendar so it go quite nicely with the uh, mince pies. This is only £20 from obviously Harrods. So have a special cup of coffee every morning at the run up to Christmas. Inside this festive red box, you'll find 24 Nespresso compatible coffee capsules containing six different delicious blends. Retro Radio Advent Calendar, 22 pounds. Dial up the fun with a Hayes Retro Radio Advent Calendar, which will help you build a working FM radio with throwback vibes. There are 24 parts included in the calendar for you to build the gadget one day at a time, meaning you'll have your radio up and running by Christmas Day. Uh, number seven, we've got the Snaffling Pig Company Pork Crackling Advent Calendar at 16.95. We all have that one person in our lives who would truly appreciate this pork crackling advent calendar with 24 bags of the Snaffling Pig's most popular flavors of crispy crackling. Number six, plant advent calendar, £174.95 from Selfridges. The world's first plant advent calendar is the perfect Christmas treat for all green-fingered gardeners out there. This wildly unique calendar comes with Christmas succulents, potted Christmas cacti, fairy lights and more gifts. It's worth over £250. Number five, we've got the Cheese Advent Calendar, $28.99. Say cheese. cheese. The foodie-friendly advent calendar features 24 mini cheeses in flavours including Applewood, Ilchester, Wensleydale with, uh, with, with, oh, Wensleydale with cranberries and Ilchester Wensleydale cheese and gingerbread. I do like smoked Applewood. Mary Pringles Advent Calendar, £24.99. Once you pop, the fun don't stop, as they say. And that's why it's a good thing that this Pringles Advent Calendar has 12 days to enjoy. There's a tub of Pringles-flavoured crisps behind every door in four top flavours. So if you have gone for a lot of those foodie-based Advent Calendars, this one might be for you. This is the Food Spring Fitness Advent Calendar at £54.99 from Food Spring. Okay, now here is out. How about getting more fit in the run up to Christmas? If you want to maintain or support your fitness routine, we have the advent calendar for you. The Food Spring 24 day fitness calendar valued at over hundred pounds is full of healthy snacks with protein snacks to, sh to shakes, as well as a skipping rope and Food Spring beanie. This fab healthy advent calendar comes in two versions, regular or vegan. And number two, Love Honey advent calendars from 60 pounds love honey want to keep things hot this christmas sexual wellness brand love honey are wishing you a steamy festive season with four different advent calendars to choose from 12-day calendars for him or for her a 24-day calendar for couples 
as well as a 65, sorry, 60 pounds or $75 lingerie calendar that's also available in plus size. Mm -hmm. And lastly, at number one, we've got the 12 Days Chili Lovers Advent Calendar. So uh, speaking of spice and, um, uh, and speaking of spicy, you can also spice up your life or at least your Christmas with the chili sauce advent calendar that will heat things up in the 12 days until the 25th of December. Calente! How does Good King Wenceslas like his pizza? I don't know. How does Good King Wenceslas like his pizza? Deep pan crisp and even. You plonk We've got some off-price crack ties to miles and miles of carpet tires. DVs, deep freezing, David Bowie LPs. Pool games, gold chains, what's the names? And now to put some Trevor Francis track suits from a mush and shepherd's bush, 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 bush. No income tax, no VAT, no money back, no guarantee. Black or white, or rich or poor, we'll cut prices at a Street. Hookie Street. Hookie Street.